There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry. Scoop. Corey Perry. Lilia able to shake away from Solani. It's given away to Solani. All right, we're back Saturday night with another episode of the podcast. Breaking down the first three games of the week, I know we have uh, the game against Montreal tomorrow, so that's why we're live on Saturday. Uh, we'll preview that game a bit. But you know what? This this was a week where the Ducks lost all three games, but it wasn't. It, was. it, it didn't feel like it, was it a right? Week. It didn't. It didn't feel like a week where the Ducks lost all three because they they were exciting games. They were close games, and I think they. The broadcast put up a, a statistic about the Ducks in one-goal games this season. They're like six six of their nine games or something were one-goal games, and they lost, I think, all of them. Or <laughs> they're like a one-three-and-one record in those games. Uh-oh. Now they Did can't. I unmute myself? No, I think we're good now. No, according to them, they still can't hear Jay. We're off to a rioting start. This rocks. Awesome. Oh, this is good. I think I fixed oh, it. Oh, okay. I think Here's I fixed TV. it. I think I fixed it. Okay. <laughs> great, great start. All right. All right. All right. So, polarisms. Right. Let's do that. <laughs> I, I love it. On. I love it. You know, it's it's to be expected because we didn't have any any issues starting the show for once. Jason comes into the to the show. There's no headphone issues. There's no mic issues. There's no camera issues for anybody. Everything goes smoothly, and we get into the show, and nobody can hear. It. Nobody can hear. It. What? <laughs> ah, yeah, course. no, that's about par for the course for us, eh? Yeah, but you know what? We're fixed. Well, at least I got my beer. We got it. Um, <laughs> At least you got that. All right. Well, you know what? It's I, I don't even know. Where, I don't even know where to go from here. That just threw. <laughs> so <laughs> we uh, played Winnipeg. <laughs> that was a thing we did. All right. So uh, yeah. So I mean, I don't know how much we want to go over the games and stuff, but like, it feels like the kind of the big points to hit right have to be uh, Troy Terry is apparently quite good. Uh, Sonny Milano looks like a hockey player, and Trevor Zegras is fun. He's back. He's Beat. back. Or I guess he never really went anywhere, but the uh, the on-paper production is here because he leads the Ducks in scoring with four points in these last three games. Terry, right? Yeah, we're talking about No, Terry. no, Zegras. He's got four points, two goals, two assists in three games. Oh, just the last three games. Yeah, 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 in the last three games. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Terry, talking like Terry overall. Yeah, overall oh, yeah. he's got uh, nine points in eight games, which is pretty – ridiculous compared to the way he started the season or is it is it seven games the ducks have played or eight off to a great start off to a great start (laughs) (laughs) i think Um, eight games games. games. seven points in eight games i'll 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 refocus that um one of the things that i've been beyond pleased about and actually have uh was not expecting was actually troy terry becoming the troy terry we would all kind of hope that was going to happen. It was mm-hmm. just like, you know, we, we all, I don't say we all, but like, we were all kind of like, damn it. All right. Well, damn it. That's a bust. He's really good at shootouts. We saw that. That was great. You know, but did it ever translate? No, it didn't. And, uh, you know, it's been absolutely a joy to watch him actually pretty much be our best player 
I mean, I can't think of anybody who has exceeded expectations more on this team than Troy Terry. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll be, you know, up front. He was kind of, I, I could be one of his biggest haters, but it was just like, I just never saw it. I didn't think it would ever happen. Like, I thought that was a bust. And it's been amazing to actually watch what he does. He, He's that level now. He's finally made that next step where I, I can't wait to see him on the team moving forward as our future. He looks like a completely different player this year. Just he's I mean, he's always been a good two way player and he's had these flashes of, you know, offensive creativity. But he's just he's just more engaged this year, more confident. And obviously like with him with the you know, the points picking up after the first game, you just build confidence from there and it's snowballing. But if you had to pick a most improved and like even let's just take out the points and the fact that he leads the team in scoring just like watching him play him. clearly the most improved player this year i think the, out of any the eye test yeah the eye test is off for me off the charts and then he's actually producing too so that's just like double good yeah and <laughs> hey we get to sit here and praise troy terry because pat's not here to rain on our I know. <laughs> uh, you know what the thing is if he was here he'd absolutely praise him too he's, he's yeah. got no he did put in our chat yesterday people. that uh for the yeah. first time in like two years oh maybe troy do, terry's do, actually do good. i have to like troy terry because i'm kind of <laughs> liking troy terry right now <laughs> yeah no i mean look I, it's it's everything we're saying, right? Like, he looks like a real player. I mean, I think the thing for me is he just turned 24 this September. So, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, this is just his natural trajectory, right? Like, I think it highlights the the talent gap between the lottery and the rest of the draft that, like, players like... Dreesdale and Zegris and McTavish, you know, they kind of jump in and you see right away what it is about them that's promising. Whereas with Trey Terry, what you saw was a smart player who could make plays here and there. And he had a knack, you know, for kind of having those flashes, like you guys said. And, you know, you look at his game and you're like, all right, well, it seems like he can be a good two-way player and, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, he he's just become... I mean, at this point, it feels like he's kind of the guy that we heard about coming out of University of Denver, which is that really just responsible, productive two-way player who is able to be a leader on the team. Like, I'm pretty sure his last year at Denver, he was a captain and, you know, he was a center and like all that kind of stuff. And, you know, being a center at any level under the NHL isn't necessarily a guarantee that you're going to be a center at the NHL as we've seen a thousand times. But what it does say is that you have been trusted against your peers at various levels to be responsible, to be defensive, to be the center, to, to I mean, the center of the line, the center of the tension, like to drive play in that way. Um, you know, and to see him doing it as a winger, you know, I mean, look to everything Jay's been saying for like a year now has been about how Anaheim needs to start developing wingers that can contribute and put up points and stuff like that. And like, yeah, I think Troy Terry's really coming along right there. So yeah, I mean, he's finally living up to the I get like the unfair hype that was placed on him after the World Juniors and his kind of final season at Denver, uh, where I think they won the NCAA championship. So there was a lot of expectations for him coming out of that final year and out of that World Championship performance. And then he goes off to the Olympics, and that adds to the hype there. And yeah, now he's so. finally kind of living up to that. And, like, that was unfair hype to begin with because of where he was drafted. And, you know, the expectations normally for a player at, at that position aren't as high as they were for Terry. But, you know, credit to him. He's put in the work every year. He's, you know, seemed to, to kind of slowly improve year on year. But this is kind of the breakout we've been waiting for. And and every season we kind of end with, okay, next year we've got to see some of these kids take take a step forward or, or make that, that progression. And didn't see a ton of it last year, but now obviously with the full season of Zegras and you know a, a few other guys kind of making their debuts in McTavish and Grew, you've got a new young blood coming in, and it's time for these guys who I guess are, are now the older core in a sense to step up. And yeah. and with Comtois not really been able to get going, he's pointless in eight games. You need a guy to step up, and it's been Troy Terry. Yeah, it took a hot minute for Troy Terry to kind of get where he needed to be and uh like you said he's he's kind of that 
that second wave. It's kind of like you have your old, I won't say old, but you have your established players, whether they're your Raquel's or your Getzloff or whatever end of the spectrum, your Henrique's. They're, they're kind of like, they're taking about 50% of it, and then you want that, that sophomore group to kind of make that next step, and that's your Troy Terry's, your Max mm-hmm. Jones, and then you got the kids, your freshmen that are coming in. And your Drysdale, your uh, BOGs, your uh, yeah, I would even say Lundstrom is kind of in there, yeah. and mm-hmm. then uh, Zegers. I mean, that's kind of the next wave. But um, I think Troy Terry out of all of those, it, yeah, yeah, I would say Troy Terry out of all of those has made that step. I mean, it, it took a little little while to get there, but you're just looking at a, just a completely different player. He's he's kind of almost relaxed into what the freshmen are doing and that is just like let's go let's be tenacious mm-hmm. let's get in there and let's have that confidence that swagger and he, i don't think he had that before i don't think there was that second wave it was always like dude you got to start making that next day. you you are our hope and all of a sudden we have that next wave so it's like okay i i can get into this and i can be that you know that that transition between the the old guard and the new guard and be productive so yeah. it's been yeah. nice to see I mean, look, like, I'm looking at his page right now, right? 17, 18, he was 20 years old. His first time, he played two games. 18, 19, he played 32 games. He put up 13 points. 19, 20, 47 games, 15 points. 20, 21, 48 games, 20 points. This year, eight games, nine points. Like, he's never even played 50 games in a season. So, like, you know, I just think that it highlights in a lot of ways how much... I think it highlights where kind of the Ducks fan base was, right? And like where so many of us just like were looking for anything to grab onto and to see, you know, Troy Terry was like, what, a sixth round pick, a fifth round pick, something like that. Like he, um, fifth round. Yeah. You know, he just, he was a player who he, he needed time to develop. Like he just didn't turn, he, he just didn't hit, you know, the NHL at full speed, but like, he fell to the fifth round like he wasn't expected to. And I think sometimes we forget that there is just different learning curves for different players. And like, you know, like I've been joking about it on Twitter, but like, it's for real. Like he looks like a Selkie candidate at this quality right now. Like if he can, you know, continue along this trajectory and being a guy who's making aggressive plays in the offensive zone, as far as takeaways, but cutting to the net and making strong plays and, you know, I mean, look, if you go by evolving hockey's expected even strength defense, which is a goals above replacement metric, he's fourth on the team in expected even strength defense. So, you know, he and number one is Getzloff. Now, the middle two is very fun because number two is Nicholas Delorier. Uh, <laughs> and I keep hearing he's very bad at defense. What? <sighs> yeah, no, he's second on the team in even uh, strength defense by expected goals against or expected goals yeah. above replacement. That's pretty surprising with right? the line that he's been on. Yeah, he's that good, folks. That's why he's being moved up the lineup. Is he's a stud? But no, that's, I mean, uh, that's why he was protected. Exactly. <laughs> you found the reason. <laughs> but um, but look, I mean, I just think you know what we're seeing now. Like like Jay said, is you're seeing, you're starting to see these second and third tier guys or second and third wave guys like really you know, come in and and play well and take a lot of the pressure off. And we've seen Silverberg be kind of rejuvenated with that hip surgery we've seen you know kevin shattenkirk look much better after having surgery this offseason and it just feels like guys are really starting to slot into the place in the lineup that they need to be there and it's allowing everybody to play well you know i mean look they're still getting ragged all the five on five most nights but like they're in these games in a way that they just weren't last year yeah, yeah, you know, there's still the issue with being able to close these games out, and that will come with time. But like you said, there is progression there. Where, you know, in that game against Vegas last year, probably would have lost that four one five one, and that would have been it. And there was a, an effort to come back and and let's say, okay, listen, that first period was ridiculous. Got out shot. What was it, twenty two to eight at the end of that? We got to come back out and make an effort here. And I think at the end of the game, the sh- you know going into overtime at least, the shots were like 38 34 like the ducks put a real concerted effort to bring that up to uh, you know a, a closer level and get back in the game and obviously tie it to get that extra point and they were full value for that extra point at the end of the night it wasn't like they you know they hung on in the first period and and they had to but 
you know, there's a credit there for them to get that. And, and the one thing I want to say for Troy Terry before we move on from him too is, you know, the analytics gurus are, are loving this right now be, and for good reason because over the last three years where the production hasn't been there on paper for Troy Terry, he, he the, the underlying numbers for him have been good. And now everything kind of lines up. You know, now he's over a point per game in his first eight games. You look at the RAPM chart from Evolving Hockey, he's positively impacting play at five-on-five you know, offensively and de- defensively. It's a beautiful chart to look at the way he's been performing so far. And the eye test, you like you had mentioned, Jay, you just watch him play out there, and he's clearly been the Ducks' best player. So all three kind of sides of the coin are lining up here where you're saying, okay, the analytics are good, the eye test is good, <laughs> and, you know, the on-paper numbers are good. So there, there's no yeah. question now. Like it, you know, obviously we'll have to see over a longer period of time if he can keep this up. Mm-hmm. But everything points to he can't because there's really no hole in this. Because there'll be some players who you know they'll put up the points, but the underlying numbers say, okay, this is not sustainable. This is going to fall off at some point, or a super high shooting percentage, or whatever it may be. But for Troy Terry, there just doesn't seem to be that hole we can pick in this right now that says, okay, eventually this is going to tail off, which is great. It, it means he's kind of figured it out, and, and hopefully this can be consistent for him moving forward. And the Ducks are going to need this with guys like Comtois not really figuring out to start the year. And you know now injuries to Ricard Raquel. They need a player like this, especially on the wing, that can continue to put up points. <laughs> easy, easy, Steven. All right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get cool into it on uh, the Troy Terry talk here. It's good. Yeah, it's yeah. someone's got someone's got an opinion over there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you know what? I kind of like that analogy. I feel like there's a triangle that you want every player to hit, and they've got to hit like those three things to be kind of considered. Not necessarily fan favorite, but just somebody who you know you want on your team, and that is you know eye test on one side analytics on another and production so if you don't have all three of those sides you don't have a really great triangle or something to build on and it's it's always been don't have a triangle yeah all right i mean i broke it down (laughs) ask your dog i'm sure it's got an opinion on it but um i feel like if you know troy terry or whoever you want it to be or even like uh uh it's like you see the eye test and maybe the underlying numbers but the 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 or you know the uh the analytics but the numbers haven't hit yet and so you're always kind of waiting for that and so i feel like troy terry's kind of hit that and we got a lot of guys that are really close to adding that that third line to to make a really great impact on the team we're just almost there yeah and i mean zegris (laughs) see when you and i talked about this on the last episode is you watch zegris play and he's making an impact on a nightly basis and and the finish for either him or his line mates just wasn't there so the points weren't coming well, we've we said okay. Eventually, like this has to happen. Like he's eventually going to put up points. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the week to do it. You've got some opponents that you could hopefully rack points up against if you want to say in uh, Montreal tomorrow and Buffalo and and he ends up doing it. Now he's got four points in three games heading into to Montreal tomorrow. He's leading the Ducks this week. And outside of Terry, like there's an argument that he could be the best player this week. You know, they've both been excellent. And with Raquel sidelined for that last game, you know, we talked about duos and Getzlaff and Terry and how they work and Lindstrom and Silverberg. Now Zegris, I mean, he'll work with anybody, but it was with Raquel originally. Now you put him with Milano and seems to be a fit. And like we said at the beginning of the show, the New York, New York line, like the broadcast loves to say, just those two guys have just seemed to click. And, and I think it's the constant work ethic by Sonny Milano that just fits with the creativity and, and buzzsaw type play from Trevor Zegras that eventually they got paired together on a line in uh, in yesterday's game. And, uh, you know, it, it just it just clicked. And it comes from that first game against Winnipeg where Zegras stole the puck and set up Milano for the goal. And then Milano sets up Zegras for the goal later on in the game to give the Ducks a 3-2 lead. And, you know, it, it's about time for Trevor Zegras because – he was due to get on the score sheet the way he was playing. <laughs> Overdue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's like you said, like, I, I think that there is just, there's just kind of a sense of urgency or an energy to the way that they both play. You know, I mean, we've just seen both of them being aggressive four checkers, right? We've seen Trevor Zegers get in and, you know, he's trying to lift sticks and he's trying to go to the front of the net and stuff. And, you know, he's doing all those little kind of signifiers that show you that 
the effort is there. The work rate is there. Like he's he's make he's trying to make things happen, and it's just been a bit of puck luck. And like, you know, sure, like there are a couple plays a game where he tries something that is a little overly complicated, but he's not afraid of the moment. And I think that's what's huge. And like, you know, like while you guys were talking, like I was just looking up some stuff on evolving hockey, and like the one thing I wanted to mention to their credit, evolving hockey, I'm pretty sure had Troy Terry as a expected goals uh selkie finalist this year if i remember that right which i thought was very interesting because i saw that and i was like look i like troy terry but that feels very premature and like ooh, ooh. Not, not i don't know what that means expected goals well selkie winner expected goals selkie winner oh basically just like the i don't know quite how they did it but it was probably even strength defense and even strength offense just okay. so he does really well projecting. on offense but he also yeah doesn't hurt you so they're just this. projecting yeah. across the entire season yeah okay okay and they did this before the season started this was oh. their award projections going into the season and this you know and i, I like i said like i just think based on the fact there was only what 125 games or something like that of of uh uh, Troy Terry coming into this season to to have that kind of projection for them, I think was it was very interesting. But like you know, so I'm looking at the website right now, and like this is their best expected goals for per sixty output in the last four years by quite a bit. Uh, they're at two point five four, but and a huge reason that we're seeing that right is just because of this influx of young offensive talent. On the other hand, this is also their worst expected goals against season at almost three goals a game. Uh, in the last four years, which I think is pretty remarkable given how bad they've looked in the past. But it's also the result, again, of having those young offensive players inserted into the lineup. And, like, you know, we've gotten a couple games now where we've seen them go back and forth with some of these high-flying teams and some of these teams with much higher offensive uh, thresholds than the Ducks have at this point in their players' developments. And, like, you know, if they lose games by a half a goal or something like that, right? Like, if it's a 2-5 to 2-9 kind of thing, like, that's a great spot to be in. There's there's a lot to be very positive about right now. And even if the results aren't there, like, you know, now the Ducks only have, like, a .33 win percentage or points percentage. And they're second from the bottom. The only team worse is the Kings in the division and that kind of stuff. Like, that's all kind of where we expected. And it was nice to be up in the top of the west for a, a game and a half or whatever it was <laughs> yeah I, I, like these, these are the things that we wanted to see sorry i don't let you know no i know I, I like on on par with that too is like there's been clearly in an, an increase in the ducks offensive production this year and a lot of that is from troy terry and trevor segris and the young guys but it's other guys stepping up and and kind of returning to form like you look at henrique surprisingly to me when i looked at the numbers today he had seven points in nine games He's, he's just he's just time. been quietly chipping away and, and doing what he does best, and he's had trade a, peace. Yeah, right. And maybe and, and the same <laughs> for Silverberg. Like we talked heavily about them in the off season and how they shouldn't have been resigned, and and that doesn't mean they you know it, it's not it's still true that they probably shouldn't have, but it's nice to see those guys getting back to the levels that we expected from them when they signed those contracts. You know, Silverberg has uh, a goal and seven assists, eight points in nine games. And, and Henrik, like we said, seven and nine. And you've got Milano now, who's looked excellent. He's got three and four. And then Zegers and Terry uh, are, are kind of stepping up as well. And even the defenseman, Fowler's got five points in nine games, and he's looked pretty good. And then Lindstrom is you know another one of the young kids who's taken a step forward, um, had a great start to the season, has just kind of slowly continued to just pick up points. He's got seven points in nine games. Like, these are... This is why you've seen this resurgence for the Ducks' offense. Is you've got a lot of guys chipping in offensively, taking steps forward, and that's without Maxim Comtois getting going. Eventually, he will. And you know, if the Ducks, the rest of these players can keep up what they're doing and stay consistent, that's a pretty encouraging sign to see. That you know, we know Comtois is an incredibly skilled player. Uh, everybody has a tough start, and you know, for all these other guys to get off the mark and only one guy to start slow, that's a positive sign for the Ducks. Well, he better start going because he's on my fantasy team and he's really, <laughs> really making me regret it right now. So he needs to get going. Um, I, you know, this is one of the guys, too. Yeah, not, not, we're just talking about him, so I'm just going to keep going yeah. with it. Uh, he he kind of seems like that guy who's 
doing the opposite of what all the other kids are doing. And it's just like he's not quite there. He's not quite engaged nearly as not uh, as uh, as much. And I feel like like I think he's already been demoted to the fourth line in some games. And it just doesn't seem like the uh, the go for it is there. There's no confidence. Uh, I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I I guess, but it's just like, just just wanting to go and and chase the puck. That like I feel like he's just like I'm 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 pissed. I'm missing. I'm not doing well. I'm gonna hit this guy. Do that. I'm gonna hold on to the puck a little too long. I, I'm really kind of disappointed. Like where Troy Terry's made that great step, I feel like Comtois is just kind of taking a, a giant step back, and I just I'm not sure what to do with them. What are you guys thoughts? <laughs> go ahead, Tim. I. I mean, I think for me with Comtois, like, it really is just kind of a process over results kind of thing at this point. Like, I feel like when I watch him, you know, I feel like he's kind of in the areas of the ice that you kind of want to see him be, right? He's in the corners on the boards. He's in front of the net. But like you said, like, I think also at the same time, like, he is showing signs of frustration from some of that production not being there because he started out last year just so clearly on a on a bender like he was just going for it and i think you know i i think it's probably a good sign overall that he's frustrated with his lack of production and he's expecting things of himself and you know the team is expecting things of him but like i don't know i feel like 15 20 games mark that's when maybe i'll start being a little nervous but for now like he's going up and down the lineup but last game they played him with milano and zegret so like yeah, man, if he can find a place, you know, with those two, like, that'll be... Those two guys are the kind of players and playmakers that are, are going to allow him to get back into a group. So I would certainly like to see him stay with them. Yeah. What was that, zero points he has? Yeah. He's the only player other than Grant who's played more than half of the Ducks games and has zero points. Grant's played six. and has Currently zero. my fantasy league. <laughs> It, yeah, it, you know, it's it's a tough start for Comtois, and, and like you said, Stephen, he's probably the first one to realize that or, or be disappointed in, in the way he's played and, and knows that he has to, to kind of get back to it. And he's really been the only guy that's just been shifted throughout the lineup or healthy scratch to just try and get him going. I think the Ducks are desperately trying anything to get him going at this point, and, and last night was kind of evident that he was put with Zegris and Milano the way they had played the two games prior to say, okay, like if anybody's going to get this guy going right now, it's playing with these two. I thought he looked better last night. Still didn't pick up a point, but I, I do think he looked better, and hopefully that builds some confidence. But I think you know the upcoming games here are going to be huge. Uh, I think for him it's getting the monkey off the back uh, you know, more so a goal than an assist will get him going a little bit more. But he needs to he needs to get a point and get going and build that confidence back up because it's really tough on a nightly basis. You know, one night you're playing with Getzlaff and Terry, the next night you're playing on the fourth line, and then the next game you're playing with Zegris and, and Milano and you know the rest of these guys that are going. And, and credit to them, obviously, because they are putting up points, have kind of established either a line or a duo at this point that you know they built some chemistry there. And, you know, in, in what is kind of a, a crappy spot for Comtois is he had done that at the end of last season with Zegris and Terry, and that was not put together for some reason at the start of the year. And now it's been beneficial for Zegris, it's been beneficial for Terry, but Comtois kind of feels like the, la- the, kind of the, left, the last man out there. He's been left out and hasn't really found that chemistry with anybody else. So hopefully it is with uh, Zegris and Milano, but I only see that line lasting until Ricard Raquel comes back. And I would imagine the way Ricard Raquel has started, he probably gets put back with Trevor Zegris. And Milano, at this point, I don't, even for Comtois, I don't see how you take him off a line with Trevor Zegris the way he's been playing. No, I'm with you. Like, I, I, you know, I I think putting Comtois with Getzloff makes sense to me. Um, You know, if they want to try him with Lundestrom, I think that makes sense. Like, I think... I think at this point, you know, in the back of your head, like you always just have throwing him on Zegers' wing in your back pocket, right? But I just think we've seen him be a producer and an offensive play driver on this team last year, right? So, like, I think it's more just about hoping he kind of finds his his way again. But, you know, I I don't think there's anything wrong with playing him with, like, Lunderstrom and Silverberg and seeing if he can kind of be the guy to generate a little bit more offense on that. Like, I love that line with steel you know i think steel provides 
a really nice kind of balance to those two as far as like the ability for all of them to kind of just play decent enough in all three zones and you know last night you know i didn't get to watch the game live last night but one of the things that i saw when i was trying to watch you know the replay of it this morning is like max jones had a play where he got into the zone on the left wing and then he just hit the brakes and waited Come, or, come not to Max Jones. No, Max Jones. Uh, no, Sam Steele. Good Lord. <laughs> all over the place. Um, I'm going to let him run with this. Yeah, uh, no, exactly. Let's see where he goes. Max Jones is, was the best player on the <laughs> He caught himself. He, he caught himself. Yeah, yeah. He was, um, really didn't watch the game last night. <laughs> yeah, she believes. But Sam Steele had a play, and, like, I hadn't seen him make a play like that. You know, he crossed the line. He slammed on the brakes, and he just held the puck and looked around, and he kind of had his body between the center of the ice and the puck, and you know, it led to, I think somebody came down the wing just outside of him and he just kind of popped it off the boards and, you know, I, it ended up kind of just being a race to the corner to get it. I don't think they did, but like there was, there was patience there. There was purpose there. So like, I think Sam Steele on the wing looks like it's being, like it's going well. And if you have Sam Steele and Max Comtois and eventually Max Jones and Sonny Milano all kind of competing for three spots like i think you're in a really good place and so i think there's a lot to be excited about right now yeah competition's that, always that, a good thing right yeah exactly yeah. my my overall i guess question for you know you guys and then i guess everybody is just watching the ducks play especially you know your buffalo game down by three come back to three losing overtime down by three against vegas and which we have you know usually no success and then come back the way we did at least get to a shootout didn't quite go the way we wanted i you know what is your thought about where the ducks are versus where they were last year or the year before because you know then i'll give you my thought here before you make yours is just I think it's a, a different look and it's kind of that transition where the last two years has been like here we go again there's no hope and it's just on to the goalies and there's just you know it is what it is and hopefully we squeak out one more goal but now it's like we're down by a significant amount but we're not done you know it's still there and I even told Pat when uh he said in the Vegas game, we were down 4-1. He's like, this game over? And I told him it was over in the first. But we got completely outshot. And then we all sent him all the way back. I said, just like I planned. So I just, <laughs> it's, it's been amazing to see the Ducks actually be that resilient. Um, and not even just the young kids doing it. Just everybody kind of getting involved in it. What is your guys' feeling moving forward? Is this like what you guys are, are happy about? Or is this like it's, you know... The, the stats are the stats, and we still suck. Yeah, I, I mean, to, in my opinion, this is what we've been waiting for in terms of you know some visible progression from the Ducks. Like the last two seasons, like you said, like you get in a game like you did against Vegas, and there's no chance that they're coming back, or no confidence <laughs> that they're coming back. They might do it once or twice across the season, but that that's it. It doesn't happen often. Like The tires get deflated. Nobody has any confidence. You can see they're visibly defeated out there, and that's it. The game's over, you know, end of the Going first the period. But the times that they've gotten down this year, and we've seen it twice this this week alone, like 3 nothing to Buffalo and 4-1 to Vegas, to, to come back the way they did and, you know, to, to show that effort and that fight and that confidence that they have the skill to to be in these tight games against good teams. Like, you know, give all the credit to Buffalo the way they've started. They've looked good. I don't think it lasts, but they are a tough team to play the way they are playing right now. And and the Ducks deserved points in that game and deserved points in the game against Vegas. And and that's something I don't think I could have said much last year in games that they were able to get a one-goal lead. You'd say, okay, John Gibson deserves that point or Ryan Miller deserves that point. But the rest of the team, eh, probably not so much. And, and it's usually a game last year you would have seen that they lost 2-1 or 3-2 because the goaltenders kept them in it. And not to say that John Gibson hasn't played bad, because he was excellent in that first period against Vegas the other night, and he, he's been excellent for, for most of the season. But there is a concerted effort from everybody. And I think that's the big thing and, and, and that I've noticed in that progression from some of these guys. that They look like a more confident team, and they're, a lot, they're just a lot more fun to watch. And, and I hope it continues over the rest of the season, because we are only eight games in, but it, it does look like there's some progress here. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. 
When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I don't mind losing those. The games that we've, some of the games that we've lost, that's been nice. I mean, we've lost those games. They're like, well, damn, at least it was fun to watch. You know, it wasn't was out of hand in the first, never coming back in the second, and then, hey, maybe we get a goal in the third. It's It's been a lot more entertaining to watch. Yeah. And fun hockey, there, right? There are games, too, that like two or three years from now when other you know guys have continued to develop and progress and you've added more players to this team. Those are winnable games. Those are games the Ducks will win down the road. You know, Zegras has a couple more years of development. Terry, Comtois, Perot comes in. Uh, you know, you know whoever we get at the beginning of this year or in, in this draft, Pistuyov comes in, Drysdale, right? Like all these guys, they start to come in and, and be a couple more years into the league and get some experience and, and further their development. These are, if they play this way, those are games they can win and we don't even have to worry about the, the way the first period happened for Vegas. So that's what you can start to see. And we say this every year, but the, the light at the end of the tunnel comes a little bit closer every time you, you start to see this progression. A little bit brighter, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the other thing to remember here, right, is is Vegas is expected to be one of the best teams in the league this year. Anaheim is expected to be one of the worst teams in the year, league this year. Vegas has significant injuries on their team right now, right? Like, they're missing stone, they're missing patches. Like, they, they have players out of the lineup right now, and that's that's important to know. But they still have a strong squad. They still have some depth. They're missing, you know, they're missing the elite talent in the top top six that really makes that team go. But, like, they've still got, you know, Petrangelo. They've still got Theodore. I mean, Alec Martinez is a good player. Like, you know, White Cloud seems like he's coming along real nice. Like, they've got they've got horses, right? And what you saw last night was a young team go into Vegas on the second night of a back-to-back and just look out of their depth. And, like, yeah, like, that sounds about right to me. I mean, you know, I, I, I all things considered, you know, like, that, you know, like, I think, like, somebody said, like, it was almost two full goals saved above expected for Gibby last night after one period. Yeah. You know, so it, it was an insane thing. But those games are going to happen every year, whether you're a good team or a bad team, you're going to come out, you're going to lay an egg in the first, and then it's going to be about that resiliency. And But why is it always against Vegas? It's a tough, tough bar to go into. It's a tough bar. It's always going to be against Vegas. Because they were all out, you know, at clubs the night before, I'm sure. Ah, that was it. Or they were playing, sure they were playing a game the night time. before. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> you were goofing off. But, like, I just, you know, there's a lot here that I think is exciting. And so to see them fight back and to take it to overtime and to get that point, like, to your point, Jay, like, that's not what you expected last year. Last year, that game 6-0 by the second. That's that's not a game that they're oh, they're staying shoot. aggressive in. So, and then, I, uh, and then, um, Liner just so many saves where he's like looking in his net. He's like, "Where's the puck?" And it's like, "Oh, it's under me. I got it. All right, we're good. We're cool." I mean, there's so many opportunities where that could have been much closer game in the the trailing end of that uh, that game, that second and third period. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to you know try to finish watching it at some point this weekend. I really want to see how. Oh, sorry, I happens. ruined it. Uh, Leonard does a lot of that. Who among us, you know? <laughs> Every time I do that, it's usually I find my phone that way. It's like, where's my phone? Oh, it's right, under. Oh, right here. Huh? Right my feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, you know, to your question as far as like, where am I at as far as what we're seeing? Like, this is this is pretty much to the letter what I was hoping to see this year, which is just a young, talented team 
playing a little bit better than we expected and to just kind of be in some of these games like I, I gotta be honest like even having not seen last night the fact that it went to overtime is really encouraging the did you the not see they, any of last night's game i all? saw the first 10 minutes of the 10 the first oh okay so you so, <laughs> yeah. so i saw it like a 14 to 1 in shot yeah god i'm gonna move on yeah. it was really good after that you should probably like watch <laughs> that because it was really good so so steven's kind of happy about where we're at as a team I'm I'm happy, but eh, kind of happy. And Ed's also kind of happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we're all kind of happy. Talk to me <laughs> in in 15 games, and if they're still playing this way, then I'll be I'll be a bit more optimistic. Static. But because it can be friends with you, game, so <laughs> it uh, yeah, I, I got to see more. Like it, it it's encouraging, but you know, eight games is one tenth of the season, right? So there's plenty of time. I'm more happy with our losses this year than I have been last year. Like yeah. This year, like, the losses have been, like, they sucked, and some have been, like, really deflating, but it's like, we weren't even in those games yeah. You walk away year. from the games with positives despite the loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which isn't bad. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk about with these games before we move on from them completely. Uh, Simon Benoit got his first NHL goal, goal, which is pretty cool to see. I think he's looked good. And and credit, he's been great. credit to I Steven think he's been too, because he uh, at the beginning of the season you said Benoit should be the guy who gets the sixth defenseman spot, and lo and behold he gets called up and takes Mahara's spot and takes what was Jacob Larson's spot, and at this point I don't see any reason for him not to be in the lineup, right? I I think you know Josh Mahara didn't look bad, but I just like the steady presence that Benoit brings, um, and it helps who's, out. Jack who's that everybody. one? Who's that one guy we all yelled at that needed to leave? Yeah, yeah. Pattern. So he needed to leave, and then they plugged in <laughs> A, B, and C or whatever, and then and then Benoit comes in. I'm so happy. He's perfect, and he, he kind of makes up for how crappy Shattenkirk is defensively. Um, so yeah, I mean that's exactly perfect. that's exactly what you want. You know, like I asked uh, I asked John from uh, who goes defend the nest. You know, he covers the goals, and like yes, I asked him kind of where he was at with Benoit and his point about Benoit was like, he's like, I think he can be a Beauchemin type player. And I, look, I, if he's 80% of Frankie, man, I'll be ecstatic. I'm in. I'm in. That physicality and that defensiveness, like that defensive minded presence, like is just so huge. And to be able to have that on the third pair as just like a steadying presence, I think it's huge. I just think it means so much to know that you have a guy at the bottom of your roster who can go out, not get caved in. He's going to be able to hold his own. Um, you know, obviously he's, he's young and he's still got a lot. He's got a lot to improve on, but if nothing else, he's got a good number. His number is 86. <laughs> and we need to appreciate that. That's a very cool number. I know. The fact that he's got more goals than Comtois already makes me kind of sad, but kind of happy. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, he's got more goals. Uh, yeah. Let's keep, this, Canadian, let's keep this kid in. Yeah. And, and I think he's the type of player that Shattenkirk needs to excel. Um, I think mm-hmm. Shattenkirk's looked a lot better this year that he's played down in the lineup and has been able to, kind of play to his strengths a little bit more and not have to be a defensive anchor for this team and in the top four. Like, like Jay, you're right. He hasn't looked good defensively, and he never will. Like, that's just really not the style of play. But to put him with a guy like Benoit, I, I think will bode well for both of them throughout the season if they can stay together. Um, they're always going to have their tough games. They get put out there against the opposition's best players on, on a tough change, and, and they're going to get hemmed in their own zone just because, you know, Shattenkirk has some deficiencies, and Benoit still needs some more experience to really get up to, to speed at the NHL level. But it, it's a nice third pairing for the Ducks. Like, it's one I haven't looked at and been like, oh, man, these guys? Like, that's how it's been for the last three or four years. You looked at that bottom pairing like, God, man, yeah, like this is Oh, damn it. This awful. is going to kill us. But This is going to be the reason we lose. You've got three <laughs> pairings you can get kind of excited about now with Lindholm and Drysdale and Fowler and Manson and Benoit and Shattenkirk. And even if it is Mahura with Shattenkirk, it's not that bad either. But I, I think there's some excitement yeah. around all three pairings now. And I hope Benoit sticks. And, and for Gru, too, it's nice to see him get on the board and get his first NHL point. And it adds to the Comtois situation too because grew would have been grew and come would have been the only two players to play more than seven or eight games and not have a point 
Uh, so Gru picked up his first NHL point and, and leaves Comtois in the dust is the only Everybody's ahead of Comtois. He's on my freaking fantasy team. But I mean, you know, the thing with Benoit, right, is like you've seen him step into the role and the style of play that was who they were trying to get out of Shen, out of uh, Dotson. I think, I think they ago. wanted him to be a hitter. I mean, they, they need another hitter. They just can't keep relying on Manson to be that physical presence. So I felt like Benoit was perfect. Why they just kind of like demoted him and just say, oh, see if we can't get somebody to skate really well with Shattenkirk and prop his old ass up and, you know, put him <laughs> in the crotch and that, that bullshit. But, you know, just somebody to go over and just like, listen, murder that person, get them out of the net. Whatever you can do, that's what I want you to do. Manson's kind of that guy, but you know he often gets injured, and you know we just need that third guy that's just gonna hurt people. You know, not intentionally. Yeah, just, no, I yeah, got you. We just you hurt gotta people. pay not to injured. get into that zone, and I think he does an amazing job of it. So I really like. He just it. makes lives difficult yeah, no. for the the opposition. Uh huh. We don't have that many defensemen that do that. <laughs> we don't, dude. I think me and Eddie talked about this last week. Like, it, they have to find these guys, man, because. It's Manson are... until he's injured, and then there's no one. Yeah. Well, even that, just defensive guys, right? It's Manson and Lindholm, and, like, you know, Manson's Holler. defense has been a little shaky here and there, but he still Holler. managed to be physical. But, like, manages to fight beyond... at the worst possible time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, just, I, just want to say this. I think he's earned it because Josh Manson is third on this team in expected offense or expected even strength offense. Uh,. He's at 1.4 already expected goals above replacement for even strength offense. So all I'm saying is Josh Manson is a top six forward, and I'm glad people are listening. Top six forward, yeah. We're all on board. <laughs> yeah, power that. forward now. <laughs> um, the other highlight from the, the last kind of individual efforts of this week uh, where Ryan Getzlaff tied Tamil Solani for all-time points record in franchise history at 988. Like, Should have been a goal, yeah. not a secondary assist. Should've, should've, oh, should have could have got uh, the goal last night, right? Um, so <laughs> and Josh Manson decided to fight, yeah. and uh, would have passed him. But uh, he's he's nearing. Well, he'll get that <laughs> possibly tomorrow. Uh, he'll pass Tamer yeah. Solani, and within it's gonna happen. Peace. Maybe before Christmas, if not a little bit after, he'll hit a thousand <laughs> points, and uh, and that should ooh, cement his ooh, over under over under what uh, before Christmas. He hits a thousand points before Christmas. Oh man, I don't even know how many games we have before Christmas. I would say yeah. I would. We probably yeah, have about yeah. twenty games before Christmas. I mean, he's done pretty well, right? He's got like what five, six assists. I mean, six I assists and he's games, got one goal. Give me one a second. Goal. I'll check the ESPN schedule right now. Okay, you do that. Keep, keep talking. <laughs> ESPN Plus. <laughs> a little plug. Uh, I I would say so because he's what like if he hits that, so he's twelve points away from a thousand. Yeah. And say as a multi, and we got like uh, all of November, most of it. Yeah, he he should hit that. So he doesn't have a goal right now. He has six assists in nine games. Um, six assists. Yeah, he almost had a. Yeah, I was say like, isn't that the most getsy thing though? Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be super awesome if all he gets a thousand all points, assists, all he's got eighteen assists, assists. <laughs> and then his one thousand points is a goal? That would. That, that would, would be. be. Yeah, that would be the most gets thing to happen. It's one one season. goal and seventeen assists. <laughs> To hit a thousand points. There you go. I love it. It's a, he gets an empty netter. That would be even better. That would be great. Just walks <laughs> it in with a second to go. If if that's his thousand point, it's the empty net goal. It it's good to see for for Getzlaff, though. Uh, All right, Stephen. If you're talking, you are uh, muted. So feel free to stop. Steven, you're muted. Can you hear us at all? I'm yeah. counting. 26 Oh, points. Jesus. <laughs> 26 <laughs> games to get 12 points? Uh, yeah. 26 games before Christmas. Yeah, I think so he gets it. Between tomorrow and the 23rd of December, there are 26 games. Yeah. 12, 12 oh, points yeah. in 26 games, I think, is All reasonable. of that being said. No, I was just like, one, one out of every two games. If he doesn't get, get it until the first game after Christmas... Then that means he breaks it on my birthday, and then I get to cry and be no happy. No one cares about your freaking birthday, dude. <laughs> I know no one cares, but I would be happy. You're making it about you, and it should be yes, about Getzloff, but all right. You? <laughs> Do you think he retires after this year? If he He's going to get 1,000 yes. points. He's going to be the all-time franchise uh, point leader. 
Uh, he doesn't really have anything left to accomplish with the Ducks. He's won a Stanley Cup. They're not going to win one this year. He's, you know, he's won pretty much everything he could ever win. You know, in in the same sense of like Ovi will likely retire if he if and when he passes Gretzky. Yeah, he hits that, and and I think he's probably one of those guys that's just like, hey, at a thousand points, I'm good. I did it all with one team. I I got everything I wanted out of it, so I'm good. You know that 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 second and third wave is coming behind me pretty nice. It's it's been really good. So yeah. I I would say this is probably his swan song. Yeah. Um. But at the same thing, I, I really hope they don't trade him right at the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's I, I, I would hope I, not. I, I think hope. it has to – I think it will depend on how strong the team finishes, right? Like if they trade him at the deadline, right, and he goes somewhere and he wins a cup, I think he retires. If he doesn't win a cup and he gets traded, then I think it's probably 50-50. If he stays and the team looks good, like – I could see him just being like, ah, let's do one more year of this and see what happens. I just don't know what, like, personally, he won't have anything left to accomplish in the game. You know, if he wants to keep playing, then he'll keep playing, right? I just, I mean, like, you can can see why he, you know, if he was close to hanging it up and he's like, okay, you know what, I just got to hit a 1,000. I got to pass Tamu. Like, personally, for myself, I want to get those records. They're within reach. I can do it. You know, going into next season, there isn't like okay, I, I can get this, I can get this, right? Like he's done it all for the Ducks, and, and you know, I don't think he would ever sign somewhere else. Like if the Ducks didn't want to re-sign him at the end of this Ooh, year, you know, you know, ah, uh, damn it, I just realized what's going to happen. What? He's going to get traded to Tampa Bay, and he's going to play with Perry, and then Kucherov comes out of injury, and then they win a cup, and then he retires. I would be fine with that. Kind of makes me sad. It does, but I don't. Wait, hate wait could, could, could you see Getzloff in a, a another jersey? No, in a lightning uniform and go yes. like, where it doesn't make you kind of like it turns your stomach a little bit. Like, That's the only place I'd want to see him go at this point, be, honestly, because be him playing with Perry would just be fun. Like that, yes, that him Perry and Maroon, yeah, yes. on the fourth line, yeah, Perry Maroon and Getzloff. <laughs> oh my god, that's the slowest freaking line. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I that 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 would be the only place I'd be like, okay, you know what, it's fine. Um, he can go. Play that, like all three of them are leading a rush, and then literally the defenseman pass them, and then like drop pass like Getzloff to Getzloff. I, I mean, that's be how slow those forwards would be if you have Maroon, Perry, and Getzloff all trying did, to lead a rush together. Did you just say that Getzloff is going to have a drop pass to Getzloff? Yeah, and then he'll probably drop pass it to the other team like he does. <laughs> well, well we'll see he, he can hit it tomorrow i i hope he does uh, montreal's turned in a corner here but i mean they're still not a great team no carry price i i imagine especially the way troy terry's playing like gets will pick up a secondary assist somewhere tomorrow night and and pass tamu and then it's all about the unless uh, mance is out there yeah oh, yeah yeah another fight will take the point off the board right so um and mance is like he's like no before we get into so, the um, prediction, here's a question for you, real quick. Yeah, just say, about yeah, Guffey. Right, I'm going to win. All right, go ahead. Ryan Getzloff right now has 279 goals. Third place for Duck's career is Paul Correa with 300. Do you think Getzy passes what is with, Correa? What is with Correa and like oddly specific numbers? Yeah. 300 for the Ducks. 969 points in 969 games. games. Like, what is that? So he needs 20, 21 goals to pass or to tie? To tie Korea. Um, 21 goals. If he plays he does, next year? He doesn't do it this season. Yeah, not this year. No. He'd have to play another season. And I'd even say probably have to do another one. I, I see Gislav, if he's lucky, he gets 10 this season. Yeah. And... Eight or nine the following oh, I can see him get fifteen this year, especially on the power play. Well, he hasn't done it yet. Yeah, he's been he's been in the position to score <laughs> on the power play and he hasn't done it because now he's, he's the shooter. Um so yeah. no, I, I would say he, he doesn't surpass that. He's he's that's my guess. He's like he he had but other than last year we had five and forty eight. He had thirteen before, fourteen, eleven, fifteen, thirteen. Like Ducks power play is better. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean it's possible, right. but he's going to need two seasons at least to do it. But he's going to and stay goals. healthy. And he's going to have to play seventy right. or plus games in both of those. So, 
here's a fun one too. Uh, Jacob Silverberg has 137 goals. Bobby Ryan has 147, and Steve Ruchin has 153, and those are six and five with Silverberg in eight. Do you think this year Silverberg can get to top five in goals? How many does he need? He's at he's at 37. He needs 16 to break top five. Yeah, I think he gets it. I mean, he's only got he, one right yeah. now, but I, he ties Ruchin with 16 goals. Yeah, uh, it'll be close this year. No, this year no. He's gonna finish between I, I, 15 and 20, I think. think... Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jason yeah. doesn't think anybody's gonna score goals. This year. But it's it's well, so close, right? Like well, no, it's right, it's guys. right in his uh, his like threshold. It's, of what it's you think 10 to he would 15. Score. I just don't see 16 or 17 or 18. I, you know, I mean, maybe. <laughs> but no, uh, you want my opinion? No, I think he's uh, he's close. It's not like he's like, oh no, he doesn't score any goals. It's just I do. I think he'll get 16 or 17 goals. No, he's probably about 15. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> in case anybody was curious, uh, Hampus Lindholm's career plus minus is 69. That'd be nice. great for the team that gets him in the offseason. <laughs> the Islanders. If, if, <laughs> or a trade deadline. If, if he goes to the Islanders, we're getting Pat and Hampus Lindholm New York Islanders jersey. Yeah, 100%. Uh, absolutely. Uh, love it. It's happening. Uh, now, is he going to sign with the Islanders or are we going to trade him and get Chara? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the deal is one for one. Five foot five, five straight Jimmy up. Dreesdale mm-hmm. next to seven foot eight. Zdeno Chara on the blue line. You stack two Drysdale and this barely. <laughs> you can stack Zegers on top of Drysdale and it's still short. Oh, uh, Halloween is writing itself right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Um, all right. Any other topics you guys want to hit on? I, I have a prospect I want to talk about, and then we're moving into our weekly picks. Anything you guys thought we missed, or anyone? Everyone's kind of happy where the Ducks are. I mean, there's lulls in a game, and you know we kind of suck every now and again. But I'm I'm actually okay with where we are. Like, I mean, we're not we're not killing it. Like, uh, that's always kind of the hope at one end of the spectrum. But we could just completely suck in the other. The other thing I thought that was kind of interesting was the Ducks goaltending, which generally is the strongest in the beginning of the season, has been good, but hasn't been our biggest strength, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's been, agree? It's, I don't know. Yeah, it's been rocky, but I think the Ducks I mean, defensively... like, that, that, it's really hard because of Vegas, and Vegas was obvious. Gibby was the only thing that was keeping us in for a little while. Yeah. But, I mean, like... It used to be like Gibby keeping us in for a while, and then you could just watch the frustration build on him, and then there was no support. And now there's just that support. So it's kind of like, oh, all right, we're kind of there. And then the Olsies has had his, his moments where it kind of hasn't gone quite quite right. And then the Winnipeg game where the last two goals didn't quite go Gibby's way. So it's kind of a an oddball thing where all of a sudden we kind of changed a little bit, and now it's... We actually scored more goals, and we just wish the goaltending might keep up a little bit. Yeah, I think the Ducks have sacrificed some of their team defense for uh, offense. Yeah, for offense this year, um, which is obviously going to be a detriment to the goaltenders. And and you, you kind of saw that in the opening period against Vegas, and in some other games this year too. Uh, not the last game against Winnipeg, the one before that, the Ducks got outshot heavily in the first period too. Um, yeah, which is it's gonna happen. It's it, and and you know Gibson and Stolarz can't stand on their heads forever. I mean, look at the way they started the season. Both of them in, through their first couple of games were just insane, and it, it's out. tough yeah. to to keep that up, especially on a team that still isn't that good. Despite you know how I want to say impressive, but impressive compared to recent performances they've looked this year. It, it's still going to be a tough year for Gibson and Stolarz, but. There'll there'll be games where they stand on their head, and the numbers reflect that. And there'll be games like Vegas where John Gibson plays amazing, but the numbers don't really turn out that well because Vegas is a great team and they can beat you in a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know the I, I don't know that they've necessarily sacrificed offense for defense. Like philosophically, I think it's much more of just the result of, like I said earlier, just playing younger guys who are naturally more offensively inclined. You know, I mean, look. Lundestrom's done a good job at even at defense for the most part, but like beyond that, the only guys you would say that really are going to be expected in the future to be defensive forwards are Grew and you know Steele. I think can still be a good two-way player, but 
you know, Groove's just he's just got so much to learn still, you know, I mean, he's played what eight or nine games period. Like, so, you know, at this point, like I'm not expecting much from him and he looks like he's getting a little bit better step by step and that's, what's going to matter. But, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's going to be a point in, in, I don't know, maybe the end of December, beginning of January, where we're going to really hear Gibby's name or in the trade rumor, because, I don't know how much longer he's just going to sit there and take 20 yeah. shots in a period. I was sitting at the beginning of the Vegas game uh, to my fiance. I was like, I don't think he's going to be here at the end of this year if, if this is how it's going to go. I, I just can't see him not you know, asking for a trade out of here. Just like you look at his comments at the beginning of the year, like he says, like, I am sick of losing. Like it, This is not fun. And I... I like this season's not going to go much better. It's going to be more fun to, for us to watch because there's going to be more offense. For him, it's not going to be much better. And I could honestly see him at this point in his career, at the end of the year, just being like, "Listen, I want to trade me, find a spot for me. I can't do it." I, I, I would disagree from a goalie's perspective, in that I can understand his frustration. And if it was status quo, if it was the third season in a row where I have no run support, I have barely any defense and i'm giving up a ton of you know goals this that uh, the other way i feel like he he doesn't quite have that defensive support but i think he can see the transition into a more offensive style and i feel like when you see cam fowler going to the bottom of the corners when uh the you know uh the shattenkirk's getting two goals any season let alone just in the first handful of games and then you got Drysdale scoring overtime goals. I mean, you got that. You can just kind of see the progression. I think where he got frustrated was the stagnant, where it was just like it's another season with no progress. And now I feel like, as again, he sees the waves kind of happening. And I think he probably, and this is just complete speculation, he's not as upset. Like if this was the same MO that we saw in these first eight games as we saw the last two seasons, I completely understand him going like, I'm out. All right. This is not going anywhere, but this has gotten better. And if it gets better next year, I'm thinking he's willing to hang on for a little bit longer. Uh, So I just don't feel like he's, I, I just don't feel like he's, he's as out as everyone, or at least you guys think he might be. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I mean, we'll have to we'll have to see how things go at the end of the year. I don't think he gets moved uh, during the regular season. Uh, before we get into our picks here, I do want to just briefly mention Sasha Pistuyev with the Guelph Storm has been never heard of her. Absolutely on fire. He leads the OHL in scoring. He has ten goals and seventeen points in nine games. He's got two hat tricks in those nine games too. One of them last oh, night. Um, we talked about him briefly Champ. at the beginning of the season because he made the uh, interesting decision to not go back to the NCAA or not even go to the NCAA for Notre Dame. Chose to play in the OHL uh, with Guelph. And obviously it's been it's been clearly a good decision for him because he looks <laughs> and is right now Gosh, the yeah. best offensive player in the league. And he was one that was notably documented for falling to the third round to the Ducks because he couldn't skate. Well, clearly that doesn't matter because he can he can score goals and put up points. So another fun one on the way for the Ducks as we talk about guys like Zegris and Terry and Comtois. Uh, another another good one for the Ducks on the way. But let's let's move into our picks real quick and then we'll wrap the show. The Ducks have Montreal tomorrow. Uh, all these games are at home. Uh, New Jersey on Tuesday, Arizona on Friday, and St. Louis on the following Sunday. We'll start with you, Jay. What are your picks for the Ducks this week? I got to beat in Montreal. We need a win. I think we've done enough to get there, and I feel like we're kind of there. We don't have any really back-to-back games. So I got Montreal, yes. New Jersey, that might be a tough one, but I feel like we can we can muster that one out. Arizona's also got their own problems. That could be here one way or the other, but I, I just can't see us losing to Arizona, and that's weird saying a three-game win streak, but quite honestly, we're really close to a two-game win streak if you count all those overtime things. St. Louis is another beast. I'm sure Bennington will start waving sticks at people, and that'll scare <laughs> us, and we probably lose that that fourth game. So I got us three in a row, lose to St. Louis. We're three and one at the end of that. All right. What about you, Ed? Oh, okay. You want me to go? Okay, perfect. I think we beat Montreal tomorrow. They just got hammered 5-2 by the Kings today. And it's not going to be a fun one to go into Anaheim tomorrow with the, the, some rest for the Ducks. So I think that's a win for us. 
I, I do think we beat New Jersey on Tuesday, and that kind of strings us two wins in a row, a couple days rest, and, and the Arizona game is going to be tough. Uh, Arizona is always a tough team, weirdly, for the Ducks, mm-hmm. even with Duclair not there anymore when he was a Duck killer, and him and Domi when they were Or Kemper. There. Yeah, no Kemper. Uh, the, I don't even know who... I saw their starting goaltender the other day. His name's like Vegdel Demka. I don't know how to say it. Nailed it. Never heard of that guy in my life, and he started six (laughs) six games for the the Coyotes. Uh, They're not a good team. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be close. I think the Ducks end up losing in overtime or a shootout in that one, and then they lose to St. Louis. So I have them at 2-1-1, same as Dalton in our chat here. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I I have them at 3-1. I think they dropped the jersey game, but I – think uh i think they win the other one the the thing with st louis i think st louis will be the tough one like st louis is second overall in power play percentage and penalty kill percentage so i i think that'll be tough i think that's the game they're most likely to lose but i also think there's a shot that they could win that just on hockey kind of you know nonsense but I, i'll say they go yeah, let me get a coin we'll just flip it win loss win win so i'll say they drop the jersey game but they beat montreal who like you said they're going to be on a back-to-back they just got hammered like i don't think they're going to have much in them right now so I'll, I'll say three and one and i'll say the losses to uh, new jersey hmm. all right well we got uh, the first game tomorrow so we'll see how correct or how wrong we are pretty pretty soon after this show goes up um, most of you will be listening to this likely tomorrow morning when it gets uploaded. Uh, appreciate everybody who came out to the chat live, uh, especially on a Saturday afternoon for most of you, Saturday evening for, for any of you out there on the East Coast. Uh, so thanks for coming out, and thanks for everybody listening after the fact. We will be back next week, hopefully with Pat, for the four of us on uh, the weekly show. And we have a Patreon uh, Pucks and Brews that we are hoping to record uh, early in this upcoming week as well. So, again, thanks for everybody for coming out. And we will catch you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks, everybody. It's Ice Spice season, and Duncan is entering the charts with a new hit, the Ice Spice Munchkins drink. Frozen coffee blended with pumpkin munchkins topped with whipped cream and caramel drizzle. Yes, please. Pop into your local Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.